0: After an amazing Thanksgiving week filled with games, food, and excitement, we are ready for the conferences to declare their champion and possibly stake their claim for a bigger trophy. These games will set the table for the much-anticipated college football playoff. Who will it be? We'll let you know what we think about all that. Plus, we have Heisman Talks and another special guest player who is ready to play this weekend in one of those conference championship games. So glad you've joined us here on the Football Podcast. Bum,
1: bum, bum, bum.
0: This is the Football Podcast with Max and Dad. Here's your hosts.
1: Welcome to the podcast, guys.
0: I'm Max. And I'm Dad. First quarter, it's time for the recap. All right, we've got a recap of rivalry week. We've got a ton of games, so let's get right to it. Let's start with that Thanksgiving Day matchup. It was the Egg Bowl, number 13. Ole Miss went to Mississippi State. It was a valiant effort on the Bulldogs' part, but in the end, the Ole Miss
1: Rebels snuck out the victory. The Dogs fought hard, but Ole Miss prevailed and moves on to a 10-2 record. Next up, we had TCU at Oklahoma.
0: After giving up 63 points in the national championship last year, the Horn
1: Frogs gave up 69 to the Sooners in this Big 12 blowout. Oh, that's gonna hurt! This game was always meant for Oklahoma, but what surprised me is that the Horn Frogs never gave up. But in the end, TCU still lost. The final score ended up being the highest scoring game this season.
0: Next, we had Iowa at Nebraska. Iowa did just enough to get past the Cornhuskers, but I don't think they have
1: much of a chance against Michigan. They sure don't. Iowa was on the ropes in this game. I was expecting a much higher score from the Hawkeyes. Best believe that if they don't get it together, they'll get crushed by Michigan in the Big Ten Championship game. Next up, we had number 9 Missouri at Arkansas. The Tigers got an easy win as Missouri might be heading to a New Year's Six Bowl this season. Yeah, Arkansas fans
0: were thrilled to know that they can focus all their attention on basketball season now. That's all folks. next up we had Texas Tech at number seven, Texas Texas left no question about if they are good enough to be in the college football playoff. They won the game 57-7, to and now they have to beat Oklahoma State and need a little bit of help.
1: But they could be one of the top four teams. The Longhorns had this game in the bag from the start. If they do beat Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game, I'm not sure if it's going to be enough for Texas to make it in the top four. Next up, we had Penn State at Michigan State. This game was practically no surprise to anyone. The Nittany Lions are the better team here and they showed it on the field last Saturday. Yeah, plain and simple Penn State scored 42 and I scored as many points as Michigan State from my own couch. Next up, we had number 11 Oregon State at number 6 Oregon. Just by looking at the rankings, you would think that the Beeves would put up a good fight. Well, no as the Ducks handled Oregon State with a 31-7 final. The Ducks rematch the Huskies again for the second time this season, and we'll see what Bo Nix and that fire offense has for Washington.
0: Yeah, the Beavers were really no match for the Ducks this year. With the 31-7 victory, Oregon still has their foot on the gas pedal and can't wait for their chance to avenge themselves
1: against the Huskies this Friday night. On Saturday, we had Alabama at Auburn. Well, well, well. Same old lucky Nick Saban as he escapes another close victory this season. Bama better get it straight if they want to beat the Dogs this Saturday. Yeah,
0: Auburn really shouldn't have been in this game as long as they were, but Bama proved once again that luck favors the prepared mind. I've
1: only got two words to say until Saturday night. Go, Dogs! Next up, we had Kentucky at number 10, Louisville. Kentucky had arguably the toughest game in Rivalry Week as an unranked team, especially at Louisville. Everyone doubted the Wildcats as they were coming in this game, but Kentucky silenced everyone with the biggest upset of Rivalry weekend with a close final score of 38-31.
0: Yeah, Louisville still can win the ACC title, but they're going to have to play a lot better and actually close out that game. Next up we had Texas A&M at number 15 LSU. AM had a little bit of fight in them, but LSU had a lot more.
1: The Tigers receiving core looked great as Daniels lit up the sky and the scoreboard. Jaden Daniels shines again as he hits the 50 touchdown mark. 50! And is looking to win the Heisman. Up next, we had the Apple Cup, Washington State at Washington. The Huskies escaped a close one. They know that Oregon wants their revenge in the Pac-12 championship game, so we'll see what Washington has to strike back with. Yeah, Washington did what they had to do, and they are in a pretty good position at the moment.
0: Next, we had Florida State at Florida. This loss puts an end to the Gators' difficult season, and the Noles are looking for a college football playoff berth.
1: Florida State escapes another close one this season. For some part of the game, they had to throw in their third-string QB. After how Louisville played this week against Kentucky, I wouldn't be surprised if the Knowles escaped another close one. And then finally, we had the game of the week, number two, the Ohio State Buckeyes, at number three, the Michigan Wolverines. The game is all you can ask for. The talent, the emotion, the electric stadium, and the smack talk were all there. Interceptions are big, and Buckeyes QB Kyle McCord threw one early in the first quarter, which ended up as a touchdown for the Wolverines. And again, another one in the fourth to seal the game for Michigan. I do feel bad for Ohio State fans, but I definitely feel worse for the head coach Ryan Day's job. After last week, Ryan Day is one in three against Michigan in the past five years. This was truly the game of the day. Both teams fought hard. And I really thought
0: Ohio State was going to drive the field in the last possession. But as I saw Kyle McCord throw the last pass off his back foot, I didn't have a good feeling about it. Michigan cornerback Rod Moore stepped in front of the ill-fated pass and tore out the scarlet and gray hearts of the Ohio State fan base.
1: Second
0: quarter. Good
1: got a brand new top four list so let's go ahead and start it off with number four jj mccarthy qb from michigan mccarthy has 2483 passing yards 19 touchdowns and four interceptions i think the main reason why mccarthy has a chance of winning the heisman is his ranked wins his win in happy valley against penn state was amazing but his huge win against ohio state this week really puts him on the board for the heisman talk Number three, we have Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. Penix Jr. has been going really slow for the past six weeks, especially the last two weeks against Oregon State and Washington State. He is currently number two in the country in passing yards with 3,899 yards, 32 touchdowns, and four interceptions. If he can sneak a Pac-12 championship victory against the Oregon Ducks, he will definitely have a huge shot at winning it. Number two, I have the QB from Oregon, Bo Nix. Nix has some ranked wins, but on the individual playmaking, he's number two without a doubt. He leads the country in passing yards with just above 3,900 yards, 37 touchdowns, and two interceptions. Oh, good for you! If he wins against the Huskies this Friday in the Pac 12 championship, don't be surprised if he wins the Heisman. And finally, staying at number one is QB from LSU. Jaden Daniels. Jaden doesn't play in a conference championship game. Jaden has three losses in his record. Jaden doesn't lead the country in passing yards. All of those excuses are basically baloney. Jaden Daniels is third in the country in passing yards with just above 3,800 yards. He leads the nation in passing touchdowns with 40 and has over 1,100 yards rushing with 10 more touchdowns on the ground. It's hard to see Nix or Michael Penix Jr. to pass him up after this week, even though one of those guys will come out victorious. Daniels is basically a lock-in for the Heisman, and Bo Nix is the only guy, in my opinion, that has a chance. But he still needs a monster game for that. Daniels is first without a doubt. Period. Give that boy to Heisman.
0: Third quarter. Playoffs? Talk about playoffs? Playoffs? Hot off the presses, we have the top four in the college football playoffs, starting with number one, Georgia. Number two is Michigan. Number three is Washington. Number four is Florida State. And on the outside looking in, number five, we have Oregon. And number six is The Ohio State University. With only the championship weekend to go, the top six teams in the college football playoff rankings still all have a chance of making the playoffs. Let's break down some of those games. The predictions will come later. For the SEC Championship... Although Georgia is favored, this Alabama team is still a force to be reckoned with. Regardless of the outcome of the game, I still
1: feel that Uga will be in the top four. These two teams are going to give it all they got in this game. Georgia seems to be in the top four without or with a loss. The SEC is the toughest conference right now, so I wouldn't be surprised if this game goes into overtime. Going over to the Big Ten Championship, Michigan is also highly favored in this game, but they were
0: also favored in their college football playoff game last year against TCU. Michigan is ranked second and deservingly so, but I feel they definitely have to win
1: in order to make it to the college football playoff this year. Yeah, Michigan seems to be the favorite to win this one, but the Hawkeyes have some experience with winning against the big teams. Overall, Iowa are the underdogs in this game, but that doesn't matter. I will say, though, if Michigan loses this game, they're out of the top four. Moving over to the Pac-12
0: championship, it's Rematch City right here. Really easy on this one.
1: Whoever wins this game is going to the college football playoff. This is going to be the best conference championship game. Mark it on your calendars. Mark it on your notebooks. Mark it on your Samsung smart fridge because this game will be a high-scoring game. And lastly, of the major conferences,
0: we have the ACC championship. The Florida State Seminoles have to win in order to make the college football playoffs. If they are upset by Louisville, then they could give a small window of
1: opportunity for the Ohio State football team to squeeze into the number four spot. This game looks to be even with Jordan Travis out for the rest of the season. Louisville may have lost last week, but that just gives them more motivation to bring home an ACC championship game.
0: Fourth quarter. What's your prediction? We are going to focus on six of the ten matchups this weekend, starting with the Conference USA Championship. We have New Mexico State at number 25, Liberty, at 6 p.m. on CBSSN. Liberty has had a phenomenal season as they are ranked in the top 25 and undefeated at 12-0. <laughs> These two teams met earlier this season with Liberty claiming the 33-17 victory. The Flames' defense shut the Aggies out in the second half as they cruised to a convincing victory. The Aggies have won 9 of their 10 games since with an 8-game winning streak. This is Liberty's game to finish undefeated and state that they are the best school of the mid-major conferences. I'm picking the Flames to win 35-14.
1: I'm also taking the Liberty Flames to cruise their way as the USA Conference champions and to put them at 13 0.
0: Next up, we have the last Pac 12 championship game ever, with number five Oregon at number three Washington. Kickoff is at 8 p.m. on ABC. This is the rematch we've all been waiting to see. What do you got for us, Max?
1: This is going to get dirty, folks, as these two teams, especially Oregon, have been waiting for this moment of revenge. If Washington loses, they're out of the playoff talk. If Oregon wins, they're in the playoffs. Washington cannot afford to lose a game. Will they make it 2-0 against the Ducks? For me, I don't think so, as I'm going with the Ducks to get their revenge.
0: I feel that Washington has survived a lot of their games this year, although they remain undefeated since beating the Ducks 36-30 back in Week 6. The Huskies haven't beaten a team by more than 10 points. In my opinion, Oregon has looked and played better over the last six weeks. Nix is trying to make one final Heisman statement with a victory to avenge their only loss, and I believe he will get the win and the college football playoff invite. But he'll have to be spectacular to take the Heisman from my boy Jaden Daniels. <laughs> All right, then on Saturday, we have the Big 12 championship game, number 20, Oklahoma State, against number 7, Texas. Kickoff time is at noon on ABC. I think Texas is going to win this one, and they are going to do their best to put up 60-plus points on the Cowboys. The Longhorns feel like they belong in the college football playoff, and they will try to make the committee recognize that with a huge win over Oklahoma State.
1: I'm going with the Longhorns as well. I'm taking them to be the Big 12 champions for the first time since 09.
0: Next, we have the SEC Championship. Number one, the University of Georgia playing
1: number eight, Alabama. 4 p.m. on CBS in Atlanta. I'm going with Ugga without a doubt. Bama was on the ropes with an unranked Auburn team last week. My bold prediction for this game is that Georgia will be sending their backup QB in the fourth quarter. Yeah, how Alabama has
0: made it this far is beyond me, but nonetheless, they are here. There have always been two teams that I've pulled for LSU and whoever is playing Alabama. Go, dogs. <laughs> Next up, we have the Big Ten Championship game with number 2 Michigan at number 17 Iowa. It's an 8 p.m. kickoff on Fox. Who do you got,
1: Max? Iowa is good, but not great. And Michigan is heading full steam ahead with a win against Ohio State. Give me Michigan big on this one.
0: Michigan is motivated, they are hungry, and they want their shot at the national title. Iowa is scrappy, but they are just inferior to that Michigan Wolverines team. I'm taking Michigan by three touchdowns. Finally, we have the ACC championship game. Louisville against number four, Florida State, at 8 p.m. on ABC. Florida State is not the same team without Travis at quarterback. Although they are a stronger team, I believe Louisville is highly motivated and will pull off the upset to win the ACC title.
1: I'm going with an upset here as well as I'm taking the Louisville Cardinals. Yes, Louisville's two losses were against unranked teams, but for the Cards, their play style is 50-50, and I think they're going to escape with a win here against the Seminoles. We're going to overtime.
0: Our special guest joining us today is a two-sport athlete who is a starter in the defensive backfield on the football field and an outfielder on the baseball team. For the Liberty Flames, uh, hailing from the great state of Louisiana. He was a three-time All-State defensive back at Lafayette Christian Academy, where he helped lead the team to four consecutive state title appearances and won three of those championship games. Please welcome to the show, Liberty Safety, number 15, Brylon Green. Man, thank y'all for having me on the podcast.
2: I really appreciate it. Yeah, we're glad to have you on the show. Yes, so,
1: Brylan, tell us, how did you get started playing football? And at what age drew you to the sport?
2: Well, I started playing soccer. That was my first sport I ever played. You know, I feel like everybody plays soccer at a very young age. And then um, I had a big cousin who, who, he's from Texas. He went to San Diego State, played for the Steelers. He would come in town, you know, and he would just throw the football with me and stuff like that. But I didn't really know too much about the sport. So he kind of introduced it to me, and I'm like, well, man, now i felt like i need to sign up so i told my mom and my dad and then they got me in flag football and then from there man i just fell in love with the sport no, and uh, that was around probably by the age of five or six so i've been i've been around the game for a long time
0: no that's good yeah it's uh, it I can tell you've been around the game for a while you you uh, you have a real nose for the ball leading the uh, leading the Conference USA with the interceptions. That's pretty impressive. Um, yes, sir. Yeah. So Brylon, tell us you, you told me a little bit about your family. Tell us about your father and how he's impacted your life over the years.
2: Yeah, so my father, he, he's been around my whole life. You know, him and my mom, they've been married for double-digit years. My dad, he was a basketball guy, actually. So high school and college, he played at Southern University of Basketball. You know, I think the things that he did on the court, you know, he kind of instilled that into my life. And, you know, also off the court, the things that he did, and he did also were instilled in my life as well. You know, he, he he taught me everything I know. You know, all those arguments I had with him, all the crime we didn't <laughs> did, all the blood, yeah. when tears we put in, man. I think, you know, it it all shows now that I'm in college and, you know, I'm doing the things that I'm doing. That's great. That's great.
1: How was your experience being recruited out of high school and what schools showed interest and what ultimately led you to choose Liberty?
2: Yeah, so my my recruiting journey was was way different from the the normal, like, football guy, being that I'm a dual-sport athlete, and it's far more different from the people who just play baseball as well. So my recruiting started... My eighth grade year for baseball. Wow. My first offer was Duke University. And my first football offer came my sophomore year, and it was Memphis University when i first got my like when i first got my baseball offer like you know it was it was a surreal moment and i feel like you know anybody who gets their first offer regardless of the sport it's like a surreal moment you're going there's something that you remember for the rest of your life yeah so boom i get the i get my offer my eighth grade year and my dad and my mother were they weren't the type to you know we're gonna we're gonna get this offer and we're gonna commit on the spot like that just wasn't that just wasn't happening because they knew you know as time went on i was gonna grow as a person and also grow as a player And, you know, things will come way differently by the time I'm a senior in high school. So I got the offer, and then I ended up getting my second offer from the University of New Orleans for baseball my freshman year. Honestly, I didn't think football would be a route for me. I thought, you know, I was a scrawny kid when I was a freshman. I was about 5'6", 5'7", like 130, 135. And then my sophomore year, I put on a few pounds. I was like 5'8", 150. And so then, you know, I had a great great sophomore campaign in uh, football. And here comes my Memphis University offer. When I got that offer, that kind of just showed me, like, man, I can do this. Like, you know, these colleges, you know, have interest in me and they believe in my abilities. So I feel like I could, you know, play on the next level. So uh, I'm now sitting with two, two baseball offers and a football offer from Memphis University. So then uh, as junior year rolls around, that's when I break I out in both sports, football and baseball. And I end up getting uh, offers like Colorado, Kansas, Mississippi State, Auburn, um, Arkansas. You know, all all the all the power fives that I need. Yeah. Um, so then, when it came down to you know <laughs> what, what school I really wanted to go to, I had to nitpick and see which ones would let me play both sports because I knew that was something that I wanted to do. And if that school didn't like what I wanted to do, then it was just not gonna be a. An option for me. Yeah. So um, as as I started talking to the football coaches and the baseball coaches, a lot of them uh, you know, agreed to let me play both sports. But I felt as though Liberty University stuck themselves out because of just the family feel and the family aspect of it. Um a lot of schools were, you know, they wanted me to play both, but I felt as I felt as though, you know, when I got there, things were gonna be a little different. And Coach Freeze and also Coach Jackson on the baseball side, they showed me like look, we're going to have a set plan for you, and this is what you're going to do at this time. And then when it's football time, it's football time. When it's baseball, it's baseball time. And then just the things that they showed me, you know, that they showed their family as far as, like, off the field things, you know, they they were going to make me better men. And I felt as though I could put my trust, and my parents also felt as though they could put their trust into these two people who, you know, I'm 16 hours away. They felt as though they could be good figures for me to look up Uh, after. So then that's why I made my decision, but the my i'm not gonna lie my my offer that i was i was man i was i was very close to committing was my uh, auburn offer okay my offer man i I talked to the coaches and i felt like that was the place where i needed to be and then just so happened that i had to cancel my visit and then that's that's actually how i got to Liberty university after canceling i had you know had something come up and then Liberty was like man let's let's just come up and see how it is and fell in love and (laughs) the rest is
0: history yeah no that's great that's great i was uh, fortunate enough to play a couple years of football in, in in college and um, I think it's it's real special when you get to Continue to play the games that you love, and being able to play baseball and football at the same university, I, I'm 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 proud of you, and I'm I'm glad you right. get that opportunity, my man. Yes, sir. I so, appreciate um, that. listen, I know you being one of my former students, you were always very diligent in your academics, and so uh, you always applied yourself on the field and in the classroom. What would you say uh, is the most difficult aspect of being a student athlete, and how you manage your
2: time wisely? I think the most, like the the most important. Thing for me is just having that time management. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's so hard, especially for me being a dual sport athlete. It's so hard for for it. Or, I'm sorry, it would be very easy for me to just get distracted on the things that I need to accomplish. But at the end of the day, though, I, if I had to tell any kid anything, it's always have the grades. If you don't have grades, you're not playing, and that's no end. It's a but Like we get a weekly report. Yeah. Our coach gets a weekly report of what we do um, each week. And if you don't meet that standard, then regardless of who you are, if you're the best player on the team or the worst player on the team, you're not playing. So I think for me it's just time management and making sure that you get the things you need done, done as soon as possible. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh,
1: what lessons from playing football do you think will stick with you in life?
2: Um, I think things that I've taken from football is just some things like, like, okay, I'll I'll use time management, for example, we have meetings, we have practice, we have workouts, we have, you know, lifts, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you have to have your priorities straight to be able to get those things done. And also just how to work with people. And I think that's something that we can take off the field is because When you get into the work field, like you're going to have co-workers and you might be a boss one day and you just got to know how to work with people and, you know, build those relationships, you know, that come with being on the team or come with having that job. So I think those two things are something that I could take from football, you know, use outside of the field. Uh,
1: Last question is big game on Friday night, Conference USA Championship game. Your Flames take on the New Mexico State Aggies for the second time. Uh, Tell us your predictions and tell us what's going to happen in the game.
2: Man, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> New Mexico State, I'm going to start with them. What they have going on over there, man, is special, man. The, the the turnaround that they have in these last two years coming from being, you know, one of the worst schools in FBS to becoming one of the better schools in FBS is, is incredible. They're having a 10-win season. They, they're looking to keep it coming. We beat them, um, you know, and I think it was week two. Yeah, we beat them week two. Mm-hmm. But we get getting a, a whole different team, man. They, You know, their quarterback, Diego... With the, with the weapons they have on offense, you know, it, it, it's something that we should be harping on during, you know, during this time of preparation. That coach is a great guy, man. He turned this program around and, you know, something that they always remember. Uh, but going into this game, man, we just got to be ourselves. Play the brand of ball that we want to play and not play to what they do. Uh, we just play our brand of football, liberty versus liberty. The amount of talent we have, you know, and the coaching and what they do to get us prepared for each week, you know, it, it doesn't go, you know, unnoticed being that we're ranked. But we just got to be us and, you know, trusting our abilities and we should come out on top.
0: Yeah, we'll be pulling for you. We'll be looking for a number 15 on the field on Friday night. And we hope you guys <laughs> finish off undefeated. That'd be great to have a great bowl game and finish what? Uh, it'd be 14-0 and if you guys... If we, All we th- could finish th- out this conference championship and, and get the bowl
2: game, we'll be 14-0.
0: Baby. That'd be great. Great. That'd be great, my man. Listen, Brylon, we're so glad you joined us. We want to give you the last word. So tell us what you got going on. Tell us everything that's going on with you.
2: Yeah, man, so just a little background on myself before I start with that. Uh, yeah. I'm from Opelousas, Louisiana, a little small town in Louisiana. Uh, like they said before, went to Lafayette Christian Academy. And they're also looking to go to the state title game, and this will be our seventh year in a row of going, if we end up going. And one one thing I can give to the kids is, if you want to get something but you have to work for it, I think that's something yeah. that a lot of kids take for granted, is regardless of when it happens, a lot of kids may feel as though, oh, man, like I'm not getting this or I'm not getting that. It's not about how you get it is what you get You just got to be patient and just stay the course. Well, appreciate you, Brian. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all, man. Anytime.
0: Thanks for joining us this week. Subscribe, follow us, and click that notification button to know when new episodes Mm -hmm. drop each week. This is Max, and this is Max's dad. Thanks for listening.